The Portland Trailblazers got a big win over the Phoenix Suns thanks to dominating and some late game heroics from Anthony Simons. Let's celebrate the positives here on the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian. Join us always by Craig Burnback. Craig, man, Blazers ended a seven-game losing streak with a big win over the Suns. I say big in terms of that. It was just big because they got a win, not because it they're also big in the standings or anything like that. And they got Washington Thursday night, a four and twenty-two team, a team that the Blazers should win. They could win two in a row, Craig. That'd be amazing. That's only happened twice this year for this team. Anyway, how you been, man? You been watching these games and enjoying that? At least enjoying the entertaining. Uh, uh, endings? <laughs> yeah, and, and I will say they're all big wins, but they were down 22. <laughs> they were down 22. And it was not looking good. And I give Chauncey Billups and, and all the young guys and the old guys who are, you know, 28 uh credit. They, you know, they didn't <laughs> they did not pack it in. You know, down 22 to the Suns, you're staring at Kevin Durant, you're staring at Chris Paul, you're staring at Devin Booker. That's not a lead they give up against really good teams. Now they're struggling. They're struggling. The Suns right now can't get mm-hmm. their big three on the court. But still, I mean, to come back from twenty-two and then they took control in the fourth at the end of the fourth quarter. It got a little. It got a little, you know, tight. But you know, they they built themselves the lead where they were the team um, that the Suns had to try to catch up with. So I, I was impressed with it. And when you look at the stats for that game, like everyone's talking about dominating and he came through and he had a, you know, a big double, double, but he shot six for 18. It wasn't a great game. <laughs> I mean, like a guy that tall shoots six for 18. It's usually a horrible night because you win and he made clutch plays when it mattered. It's a, it's a very positive thing. Um, I loved Kamara's defense. You know, I'm going to be on the Kamara train. You know, I got to bring it up. Uh, yeah, he's rolling his eyes, but you gotta you gotta love it. It's okay. I, uh, I got I got I got Ant. You got Kamara. That's fine. And and you know the weird thing about the Ant thing was everyone's like, not everyone, but you go on social media, you got to do it, and it's like that he's a closer. I'm like, we already saw that. Like that already yeah, happened. I know. I know. <laughs> like I know. it happened. Like we know he could close. Like what are you talking about? Like you just found Anthony Simons. Have you not followed Aaron Fentress on Twitter? Like come on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, good I, put, I, wrote, I, I wrote an article about and I put in there, let's not pretend this was the first time he's done this. Like I mentioned a couple of key, key moments. Yeah, he's, he's demonstrated he can close before. That wasn't a new thing at all. You know why he hadn't been closing? Because they haven't been winning. And they been well, he, missed eight, he missed 18 games and they haven't had many, yeah. very many opportunities to close. Uh, and he's not, first of all, he's not shooting great yet, but I just, you know, it's shot. No. That's how you know you believe in a guy's shot is when you're just shocked when he keeps missing, you know, and, and that's how I am with him. I just am surprised. It still looks good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that win to me, like we said, jokingly, all wins are big just because they need them. Uh, but, you know, I felt it was nice to see the young guys. I love seeing Scoot's aggressiveness as far as being excited about winning. You know, you can right. just see how much he enjoys winning, and that to me is – you know, more important sometimes than a, like he did not have a great game, but you could see how pumped he was that they won. And to me, that that's a good, good sign. Agreed. And this team has shown fight all year. I mean, they, they usually don't go away and this time they didn't go away and it worked out. And it was funny because they, they, they just flipped things around. Like I said, they were down 22 in the first half. They came back, pissed off the Suns. Suns went on another run. We're up 61-49 at half. 
And then the Blazers came back, tied it, and then pulled away. Like it was crazy. Yes. Like you saw them get. Wow. I think they got by ten at some point, right? It was just. It was just not. And the, the biggest thing was the turnovers. They had thirteen in the first half. In the second half, they only had four. And so, if you're not turning over the ball, the other team's not getting all these trans- easy transition points. You're able to set your defense, and they did a pretty good job of just shutting down everyone else. Like Booker and Aiden did their thing, and they shot phenomenally yep. well. They combined for 68 points, but no one else really did that much damage or consistently, especially in the second half. Um, so, you know, it, it was it was a very nice. It was nice to see them be rewarded for yep. working hard and showing resiliency, which they do most nights, even when even when they're overmatched. And, you know, when you get in tight games like that to see some of the young players make plays and do things to help the team win, it's it's always good for a developing crew, no doubt about that. But let's let's dive more into Dominating. So <clears throat> we haven't seen Dominating in a while. Like he after games, his locker is cleared out and he's gone. <laughs> wow. And there was that moment against Dallas where Chauncey Billups called a timeout. Oh, 18 yeah. seconds into the third quarter because he was not happy. Aiden, did, that was Aiden not didn't execute. Coach. Right. No. Aiden didn't execute. And he'd been, he just, he'd been struggling and the team had been struggling. Aiden been disappearing, but they brought him out to the podium after the Suns game for obvious reasons. And he still, you know, expressed positivity that, you know, it's all part of the process and he's having fun learning and the team learning each other and growing. And he doesn't seem to be overly impacted by the winning, but you know, you brought this up during the last podcast. At some point, you got to see more. I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt. But it's funny that he comes out in this game against the Suns and he's overly aggressive where he hasn't been in the past. And he says it had nothing to do with the Suns. Ant and Grant Liar. weren't buying that. And, and Grant, I told Ant that Aiden said that. He looked at me like, he said that? Well, he may, he, he just may not know it. <laughs> and then Grant later smiled and was like, yeah, clearly he, he cared about who he was playing against. But then I asked Grant, I'm like, okay, so how can you guys get him to be this way all the time? And he said, you know, it's something we have to work on. We have to get him to be aggressive more often because it just changes us. And it, and it does. And even if he goes six for 18, which isn't good, if he's being aggressive, it just helps in other areas. So, you know, you've been wanting to see more from him. You saw a glimpse of it in this game. Did it impress you or did it make you think, okay, where's that every night? <laughs> well, you know, it's what scares you. I mean, when remember the first time they played the Suns, Devin Booker, you know, when they beat right. him, you know, he he said, "Well, I'm happy for him. I, you know, I'd like to see him even now that he's not his teammate." He said, "I I'd like to see that every night." And to me, right. that's a sign that they know that players that have played with him get frustrated by his inconsistent effort or aggressiveness. So I I just keep saying like this year it's hard to say this year doesn't matter when you're watching it and it matters at the time, right? So I think right. what matters is what what are they going to be able to communicate with him uh, front office-wise, coach wa- coaching staff-wise, where they're getting what they expect from him and what they want. And when Bill's called that timeout, that was the first like sign where like oh no they're not they're not completely happy, you know they've been saying all the right things we're not getting him the ball uh, he's you know he's he's doing what we're asking but no that moment was like uh uh-uh, uh no 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 nobody calls a timeout that fast <laughs> like you can't call a timeout right. faster 
You gave up one bucket and you called a timeout. And I give him credit. Like, Billups didn't yet. Like, he just stormed off and was like, I need to take a time. I need a timeout for myself because I'm I'm going to react in a way. He got on for a second and then he walked away. He he went uh, right up to him. But I mean, like, right. right. But he's like, nope, this is not the right place. Um, So I'm... Yes, I get. I'm concerned about Aiton for the same reason everybody should be concerned about Aiton. That's what. That's the big thing you got when you decided to move on from the Lillard era. And right. if he doesn't work out, you're missing a huge piece that you're paying a lot of money and you gave up capital for. Um, so, I'd like to see him just. I mean, I don't want to see him go six for 18, right? I, I want him to make, I want him to go 12 for 18. I mean, he shoots right. 60%, right? So in a normal game, when he takes 18 shots, I expect him to have 30 points. Um, So that that's what I want to see. But we know if he cares, that's the part that's hard. Because players, his teammates, and his coaches challenge him to stay connected and to play aggressive. Right. And he's not he's not 19 anymore. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that's what you say uh with and we'll talk a little bit about Scoot. That's what you know, you say to the guy who's for first year in the league or second year in the league. Not the guy that was drafted one overall and is on his second team. You expect him at this point to just go ahead and do it. But I understand why the motivation might be hard for him to find after playing with a contender for so long and with vets to have to come over here and suddenly he's got to learn that he has to he's that guy now right you know he's the guy that needs to be aggressive every night so he's showing the way for Scoot and Sharp and Kamara who doesn't need that cuz he plays hard every night you know so i'd like to see that shift where he's a little bit more vocal and every night he's given effort because they can control a little bit of where he is mentally and as far as not winning all the time by by playing him less. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather see 24 minutes of Aiton kind of going off, being very aggressive, than 40 minutes of 10 and 12, you know, 10 points, 12 rebounds. That makes sense? No, I hear you. And what Bill said, though, was that he thought maybe if he played him more and and got him going early, he'd get more aggression out of him. And he did, but he did against the Suns. Right. Right. And so that's where it's just like, eh, I got I to gotta see it. Like, I got to see it tonight. Come out against the Wizards that have one of the worst defenses in the NBA and gives up the second most paint points and score 25. <laughs> you know, dominate them. Dominating yes. them. If you if you go out there though and you're 16 and you know 12, it's like okay, great. Nurkic could do that. He did. And I I did a tale of two centers the other day. I compared their stats and very similar. You know, right now they're you know they're at best neck and neck. Um, there are certain areas where Nurkic is just better, but he, I think he fits what the Suns want better than Aiden. Better than a and then Aiden not giving you 100. Whereas I think the Blazers ultimately with a faster, more athletic center are going to be better than having Nurkic, but you need Aiton to elevate his game. And we'll be, we'll be talking about this for a couple of years probably because we hope, right? Like Cause we hope look. he's still, it's still well, at least a They're not going to be able to trade him. They're not going to be able to trade him. 
Yeah. He's going to be making 34 mil a year unless you can get someone that just, you know, who wants to dump some other contracts. But yeah. So, okay. In conclusion, he gave you a glimpse. He didn't shoot well, which is going to happen, but he gave you a glimpse of what it can be like when he's aggressive and how it helps the team. So maybe they can start getting that out of him. But he has to want it, man, right? He has to want it. He has to have that passion, desire to go out there. And that's the same thing people are talking about with Zion. It's like, do you want to be great or not? Yeah, we see you go 11 for 11 and 16 for 17 some nights, and then other nights you get 12 points. And it's like, what are you doing? Same thing with Aiden. Does Aiden not have the desire? Not everyone does. And we'll see if uh, if Aiden can figure it out. All right. Let's move on to something that happened in the Golden State game. So at the end of the game, Curry misses a free throw. That would have put him up three. Aiden gets the rebound. Immediately out, lets it to Sharp. Billups doesn't call a timeout. Sharp goes down the court. And instead of just pulling up for a nice little short jump shot, he runs over, what's his face, Brandon something, charging foul. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Game over. Rookie. So, Billups said after the game that it was a good situation to allow Sharp to try and figure it out. <clears throat> and Sharp made the wrong play. The value in that is that, as we've talked about, wins don't matter. And maybe Sharp learned a lesson that can help him in the future. And with Sharp being out, Billups kind of alluded to the fact that this, you know, that's bad because Sharp's not going to play at least this, at least tonight because of the adductor situation. Then Scoot get, maybe gets more minutes late and you give him some of those late game pressure minutes. Um, how valuable do you think that is as opposed to trying to drop the perfect play for Ant, which they did do when they had a natural ball stoppage, game stoppage against the Suns. <coughs> but do you see value in just sort of laying those guys Live and die in the moment. First of all, what I I have zero problems with him not calling a timeout when he sees Sharp take the rebound and go. I mean, Sharp's got Sharp. Look, Podzimski, the rookie, great play, a great play, and it is so hard to draw a charge like that. Right. And I mean, one if he moves one inch back, he's in the. You know he's in the circle and it's an and it's a and it's you know the Blazers have the lead and who cares like that game's not going to matter at the end right so let Sharp take go for it and I again it's all about to me aggressiveness I'm super glad that that's what Sharp wanted to do like he didn't look for a timeout he's like I'm gonna win the game and eventually we want him to be a killer Michael Jordan and. And Kobe, the best closers in the world. We all know they shot less than fifty percent on you know game winning shots, but they they don't care because they wanted to win. Damian Lillard, the percentage of his game winners compared to misses, again under fifty percent. But he was, but the ones he makes, you remember forever. It's just the way it is, and that's what I want. I wanted Sharp to say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm going to go win the game." It took a perfect play by a rookie to stop him. So. I have zero. I don't even know why it's a conversation in in my mind. Like, cause it was a good shot. Like, you know, in the sense that he was, he was almost at the rim and the guy had to make a perfect play to stop him. So, and yes, will he learn from that? Maybe, but I kind of hope he doesn't. I kind of hope he says, well, no, it, but, but it wasn't, a, but it wasn't a good shot. He was out of control. But he was, that guy, yeah. Oh, right. But at the same time, like he, he went to the, a, sh- a sharp, uh, <clears throat> strong move to the basket 
is a good shot in my mind. No, in that instance, that guy got good position, got in front of him, got the charge. But Sharp's going to, if he gets to the rim and does that again and, you know, Euro steps and gets around him, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, (laughs) like, or pulls up and hits a a, a level footer, right? Yeah. Right. Or, or, you know, someone runs with him. Like next time scoots with him, right? And he, he gives it up for someone layup or maybe Aiton runs with them right. and, or he turns and finds a guy wide open in the corner for the three. I don't care that it didn't work out because it took a perfect play on defense to stop him because if that guy's moving, he's going to the line. And all I care about is that he wanted to, he, I can win the game. That's what he said. You know, I can win the game. I'm our best chance. And in a year where you're going to go to, uh, you know, lose probably 60% of your games, <laughs> Like, that's the way I want to lose. I want to lose with my young guy saying, I am the. I know I can win this game. So I hope he learned well, what he the learned best he could was. Do was tie. They, they were down two, so the best he could do was tie. It could have been an M1. Could have been an M1. Okay, okay, it could have been an M1. <laughs> You're right. No, or they could have gotten I don't three. disagree. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I was totally thrilled with it, and they went to replay, and I was like, oh, darn, that's a good that's a good play. That's a charge. You know, in, in real speed, you're like, oh, there's no way. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. You got it. Good job, rookie. Like, well done. Um, yeah, I, I've got no – I want I want Scoot to take final shots. I want Sharp no. to take final shots. I do not, you know, want – Brogdon taking final shots. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to be around when it matters, right? So let me see these guys become killers because that's what that's. You know, we keep talking about it. We need that the Blazers need them to hit. They need them okay. to be stars, so, and that's what stars do. I don't have a problem in that situation. Sharp has athleticism, speed, transition with Curry, you know, on his left, on his right, <coughs> no rim protector. Go make a play. Like to me, you're probably not going to get a better opportunity than that if you run a play with five seconds and then bounce it, right? Uh, and, and Sharp learned the lesson. And I, I hope, you know, I assume they showed him the film and they're like, dude, you could have done all these other things. And maybe he goes and he works on those things because we know he loves to go to the basket, right? He's not afraid of anything. He's trying to dunk on everybody. You could put Shaq, Will, and Kareem down there and he's going to try and dunk on all three of them. But he needs to learn to do other things, not just always go to the basket. And hopefully this was a good lesson for him in that regard. That said, like, you know, if they do call a timeout, I'm not running a play for Sharp. I'm running a play for Ant, like they did against um, the Suns, right? I'm still running a play for my best players. And, you know, you just said, I want to see Scoot, you know, getting the last. I don't want – Scoot hasn't earned that. To me, Scoot has to prove he can make basic shots before I'm going to drop a play for him to maybe be in there for a game winner. Like, I think there has to be levels to these things. But, you know, he probably does need some more late-game minutes – uh, like Chauncey alluded to, and maybe with no sharp, he can get more of that. But at the same time, to me, you know, if, if you put, if you create a situation where you're setting up someone to fail just for the hell of it, which I think school will more likely fail, then I don't think that's good for anybody. And I think you just irritate your vets. I mean, Grant and Simons are going to be like, you know, you should be drawing that up for us, not for this guy that shoots 30%. So mixed bag there for me. But at the end of the day, like you said, the goal is to develop. I think there's a right way to do it without overdoing it. And I think letting Sharp take that moment was was overall good for him and you know his his growth because he learned a valuable lesson. 
So you're, you're, you're like in a way we agree, but you're talking about two different things. You're talking about like what Billups should do in the huddle, <clears throat> and what Sharp and, in my opinion, like Sharp and Scoot, what I want them to believe. See what I'm saying? Like if I if if I'm Chauncey, I, of course I want Simons or Grant taking the shot at the end of the game, and of course I you know, and that's how I draw it up. But what I want as like a franchise is I want Scoot and Sharp to be like. I'm a, I'll, I'll make the final shot. Like, I, I believe in myself. And they didn't go against it, right? Sharp just went. If Chauncey wanted a timeout, he could have called one. And, he, you know, he did right. instinct basketball. So I just want their instincts. I don't want Chauncey to draw up a shot for Scoot to hit a three at the end when Simons <laughs> is in the lineup. I'm not crazy. But what I want right. is Scoot in the back of his mind saying, I can make that shot. Like, I don't care if I'm shooting 27%. I'm going to make that shot. I made, you know, I'm the best player on the court, you know, and not in a cocky way. I guess in a cocky way. I just know that if you, you be cocky. Yes. Stars, if you want them to be all stars, they need to believe in themselves wholeheartedly. They want to fight for that final shot and they need to be willing to <clears throat> to fail. And right. and not care because they're they have such a belief that they're going to make it. And they're going to make the next one, even if they miss them. And there aren't going to be a ton of opportunities like that. So I'm, I'm hoping. Again, I think that if Scoot got a rebound with eight seconds left, <laughs> as fast as he is, if he took off for the rib, I'd be fine with it, right? Like he's 19. Like if he gets a charge, like you said, he'll learn. Like oh. These guys in the NBA, they actually could get in front of me rather than in AAU when they couldn't. And also, the rest in AAU were not going to call an offensive foul on me, and there was no replay. So I was good. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. I don't want Chauncey. I don't want I don't want you to think I think that Chauncey should be like, sit down, Simons. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're down, we're down one, but we're gonna we're gonna design a shot to get uh, scoot wide Scooping open for ball, three right. from the t- you know from the top of the key. That's not my thought. So speaking of scoot, he has been playing better. That has to be acknowledged. He's up. He's, he's up yep. to thirty seven percent, twenty three percent on threes, and we all know that that's, at one point that was under thirty percent and at like ten percent on threes. So he's getting better, getting more confident. And he's taken it upon himself to be more aggressive, which you have noticed and been uh, appreciative of. Well, I loved hearing that Chauncey said, I just went to him and said, hey, man, like, you're a ridiculous athlete. And we're not seeing that. And we should see that every night. Like, you've been fast, but you haven't been, like, crazy athletic. Um, And he challenged him to just – we should see that every night. And now we've seen dunks and we've seen him go hard to the rim. And, you know, we were joking while we were warming up. I'm like, he wasn't great against the Suns and he went to the rim a few times and uh, the Shaq of Troutdale <laughs> rejected him a few times, you know, like, like he was an eighth, you know, he was an eighth grader and he was a senior, but I just cared that he went hard. Um, and I, I went, was, Thinking we had been talking about it, I think thinking the same thing as Billups. Like the reason why he was drafted third overall was not because he could shoot. Everyone knew that was a challenge. He was drafted third overall because his athleticism stood out so much at times, even in the G League when he didn't play great. 
he stood out as like, oh, that's a different kind of athlete. And we were not seeing those moments. And now we've seen moments of not just how fast he is, but how strong he is, how I mean, he, you know, he made an N1 from his, uh, as we like to see, my mother used to say, his tuchus. You know, he got, he got knocked down, he threw it up and went in. You're like, oh, that, that's, that's a Russell Westbrook play. Uh, and so I've been really happy to see that. And that's the kind of growth you want to see. You want to see those athletic moments. And he's not going to shoot 22% from three for the rest of his career because he won't have a career. And he's just not going to, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, so we know he was going to get better at that. So let's see the things that, you know, I you know, go back to your word, what was it, transcendent, right? That he was going to be a transcendent player. And that's because he's so athletic. So I'm glad Billups had that conversation. I'm glad he shared it with us, even though he didn't have to. And I'm glad that um, Scoot took it to heart right away. I mean, he's showing how coachable he is when he when he's reacting that way. Oh yeah, he has coachability written all over him. Yeah, um, I'm trying to, trying to remember what game it was. If it was Dallas or, or Golden State, but we talked to him and and he talked about you know n- not settling for certain shots. You know that he's he's comfortable and confident that he's going to be able to hit the mid range stuff <clears throat> consistently, but that that's not necessarily what he's about he's a, he's his one of his strength is like you said getting to the rack and he's so he's built like a running back right he's matter of fact he's bigger than every starting running back oregon's had in the last 20 15 years at least other than stewart and freeman let's put it that way um and so when he puts his head down and goes obviously you can't run people over right but when people body you, I mean, people do bump bodies when they're trying to stop you from driving. Not very, very many guards in the league, let alone point guards, are going to want to bump him because <laughs> you're going to bounce off of him. Yeah. And so that physicality and strength coming through and then the way he can just absorb blows and still have the strength to get up and finish. And he does a really good job with his touch, finishing off the glass. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he can create when he's in the air and, and make things happen. So that's, you know, that's what they want to see from him. And once he does that, other things will open up and he can, like he always likes to talk about spray, passes out to other people when teams yep. start collapsing and taking that away. So, you know, he talked about it, Bill talked about it, and we're seeing it. And, and it's made his offensive game a lot better. That said, turnover is still too many. And a lot of his production has been coming in the second half of games when they're kind of getting rolled a little bit. So you want to see more higher end production earlier where he's helping to impact the team before they're down a lot. Um, but other, but that's nitpicking at this point. Cause again, he's 19 and what is he like 13 games into his career? <laughs> like he's not even, he's 17 games into his NBA career. I think he's doing just fine. He'll be all right. And, and the thing about the shooting is that, the shooting opens up the middle for him. I watched how Chris Paul was guarding him. He was just leaving him. You know, uh, he was collapsing. Yeah, and he was he was backing up. And it's hard to get by Chris Paul if he's standing, you know, close to the foul line. I mean, because he can take Chris Paul and just elevate and dunk on Chris Paul, though. It, well, he <laughs> it's not that easy. Chris Paul's been that short his whole career, and he's one of you the best guards. 
You know what, though? I say that. I've seen Chris Paul in person numerous times. In real life, he ain't small. <laughs> yeah, he, he's and he's always small. been... He's stocky, too, for his size. <laughs> right. And he's... I think he's listed as 6'3", right? Oh, I, yeah. Well, he's I watch, not 6'3". Dude, I, in, in his basketball shoes, in me and Drew's shoes, I, I felt like he was a little taller than me. I'm, I'm a legit 6'2". So... I'm just saying. And on the basketball court, he looks small, but what I just said is easier said than done because that's a big dude in real life. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I watch you – know, they list them actually only at 6'1". Do they? And they're saying yeah, – Yeah, without – they're saying without shoes, 5'11". Yeah. So, um, really? Yeah, that's what I'm, I mean, you know, right. the internet doesn't lie. Uh, yeah, it doesn't lie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just saying I, I liked I, – you know, I was spending a lot – I was concentrating on how's Chris Paul guarding him. Because no matter how old he is, Chris Paul knows how to guard. <laughs> so, and he was, he was just backing off. And eventually, if, if he would make two threes in a row, or, you know, he's shooting 35%, um, there, then you get there. I mean, John Morant is, can't, is not a great shooter. He's so athletic, right? That's, that's an example of, but he shoots 30%. They don't want to leave him wide open. Right now, right. every team is willing to give him a wide open three. Kamara's a good example. I'm going to go to my going to go back to my guy. Oh, is there our, our him wide open? Is this our is this our transition? Yeah, to to my like we go to my guy. I'm just saying <laughs> they he shot terribly, terribly, and they're leaving him wide open, and he's starting to knock down the wide opens. You know what I mean? He's not. He's not making contested threes yet, but he's knocking down the wide opens. So eventually, they might step to him, and then he can go around. Now he's never going to be a scorer. I'm just saying, once Scoot can get to a place where they're not just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to leave him. You know, we're going to back up. Uh, if they have to come out, he's going to go by him. And you know that's why Dame so good at the rim, because they had to come out. CJ, so good at the rim. With with and neither one of them, I mean, Dame was more athletic than giving credit for, I often used to think. And he got himself so strong. And we know CJ. You know, CJ dunks, it was like a holiday. But he could get <laughs> to the rim. Uh, and that's because they didn't want to let him shoot. So his game's developing. It's not a meteoric rise in 20 games or less. But he's getting better. And like I said, he's coachable. And I love the fact that he wants to win. He is the most excited guy when they were when they're playing well. You know, he is off the bench even if he's not playing, and he is high fiving and he is chest bumping, and and I just I love that about him, and I love the fact that not only can Billups talk to him, but Billups knows he could tell you know the public that he challenged him. Right. Not every guy wants that. I mean, there are a lot of guys that get upset, like, hey, why are you doing that? Like, keep that within us. But Chauncey knows that, no, nah, this guy doesn't care if I go out and tell people that I challenged him because I know he's going to step up. Um, and we know there's a lot of guys uh, in the league that don't want <clears throat> them, their coach to let their fans and the media know that they challenged them because they feel yeah. that's disrespectful. But Scoot, not that kind of guy. Chauncey's not that kind of coach, right? So um, that I don't think he – but Chauncey's also a guy that that respects players. So if he thought that would 
be something that Scoot didn't want, he wouldn't do it. And he did it. And I'm glad he did because we got instant results. As for your boy Kamara, last six games, shooting 47%, 40% on threes. <clears throat> and that's Damn. including a two that's including a two for ten and over four. In the other games, yep. he is ten of eleven. Yeah, so they're leaving him wide open. Nights, he's making, they're, they're, making exactly, a pay. Making pay. He's making a pay, and man. Look, and I, go ahead. Nine rebounds in 22 minutes against the Suns. He only had five points, but he had nine rebounds. He was mm-hmm. annoying. He had three steals and a block. So, like, he's he's just I, I ignore the plus minus because I don't want to ever. If it doesn't, if it doesn't line up with the way I want to think, then I just ignore it and say it's a bad stat. Now, if he was plus eight, I'd say the best stat in the world. But um, yeah, I thought he played great. I thought Walker played phenomenal in a handful of minutes. Um, just you know, he barely played, but it felt like he made like six plays and that changed the momentum of that game. So um, another young guy that you're, you're glad to see in my, you know, play well. All right, let's look ahead real quick before we sign off here. Next week, Wemby's coming to town for two. Are you going to go and with they the one, Craig? And they stink. <laughs> God, they're bad. They're horrible. Early, I can't believe it. Like, Early in the season, they won a couple. People were talking about them making the playoffs. Now they're like what four and twenty-two or something, five and twenty-one. Um, but hey, are, are you uh, are you going to make your way? Now is he going to? You think it's back to back? You think he'll play both? Has he been playing back to back? I, I, I think he's been playing every game. But they're you know Has he? at four and twenty-two. I've been watching Twitter highlights of him, not watching any of their games. I mean, I I'm shocked at how how bad they are. To be honest, like they're horrible. And uh, and they're not and they're not even competitive. Yeah, he's played well. He's played in twenty four games, so he's only missed two games. So, um, but I don't know why I wouldn't play him in back to back. To be honest, I mean I don't see the value in that. He's averaging thirty one minutes a game, so he is he's leading them in like every category. <laughs> you know, he leads them in scoring. He leads them in rebounding. He leads them in block shots. He leads them in turnovers. <laughs> He, the only stat he doesn't really lead him in is uh, assists because he leads him in steals too. I mean, he's having a phenomenal rookie year. They just stink. So uh, I'm, I, I wouldn't play him in back-to-backs. I don't, I don't know wh- what value that is uh, in putting uh, him out there to lose, especially if you win the first one. <laughs> I would definitely not play him in the second game. But uh, – yeah, soft. He, uh, it's not soft. soft. That's it, silly. NBA soft. Still, well, Mac, the league's different. Mac, now, when I was but, a kid, my heroes played every day, sometimes twice a day. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them broke their feet <laughs> and didn't play it's very small, long. You know, like it's a small price I, to I pay. Would, <laughs> I was watching, you know, Sabonis's. Uh, I think it was his birthday. And there was all the Twitter highlights of Sabonis, and and I, I love watching him. Like I didn't get to see him play like people here in Portland because I was on the East Coast, and they just didn't have a lot of. You couldn't get NBA games from the West Coast that often, you know. It didn't uh, until the playoffs. And I just remember, 
you know, knowing about the so, you know, when he was at USSR and all that and seeing him play there and just how big he was. I remember thinking how big his head was and just his passing. And you watch those highlights and he can't move at all. Like he, his feet, like they're like soldered on like the bottom. And he, he walks like a robot and runs like a robot. Um, but he was so mm. huge and just so gifted. I, I just wish, I don't know. I'm just lamenting on how much I wish that we could have, seen a, a healthy Sabonis that was behind the Iron Curtain when he was young. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people believe they would have beaten the Bulls in the finals if they had a younger Sabonis. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't doubt it because he was so good without being able to move, you know, at all. And right. if he – I mean, you watch him and when he dunked, he was so tall he barely had to. But, like, you know, you could stick a – piece of loose leaf paper under his feet, you know, like he wasn't getting off the ground, but well, I, I'm just saying agile. like he, he, he was Joker before Joker. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I saw someone say something like, I'll take, you know, Sabonis every time he's better. I'm like, no, no. Like, I think that Jokic is what Sabonis was maybe when he was young and, right. and I don't, I mean like Sabonis was a good shooter back in, for his size, obviously, because it was unheard of that a guy that size would shoot, you know, from from beyond the foul line. But Jokic is shooting threes, and he's it's perfect. Like he's he's fantastic, and, right. and he also hate- grew up doing that. He grew up doing that too. Whereas back then, he didn't necessarily grow up doing that. But yeah, uh, Sabonis was a- the final, huh? If Sabonis grew up in America at that size, he they wouldn't have let him do it. You know, like big men were pushed underneath. It wasn't like we had. Did they have? Did they have men. threes in, in youth in high school? Were you in Russia or USSR? I don't know. They didn't let me behind the line. That, I'm not old, but that's what I'm saying though. Like a lot, a lot of those players back then didn't grow up with the three point line, let alone <clears throat> had the opportunity yeah. to shoot it. It's like Jordan, like Magic, put- Jordan, and Bird didn't attempt a three until the NBA. <laughs> Right, but I mean, seven foot three guys or seven foot guys in America were, they didn't get the Shit. pass. Wilt did. I mean, Wilt led the league in assists right. one year. So, and I didn't get to see him. I just seen, you know, stat books and his stats are ridiculous. I'm just saying, like, they weren't letting big men, they weren't doing game plans about big men that could pass that way. Um, and even, you know, Shaq, it wasn't like Shaq was doing that. He was just dunking on people. And he he shot a three, could have hurt somebody. Like he he couldn't make a foul shot. So um yeah, I don't I, I just wonder what um what he would have been what have been like to have him in the NBA earlier if that could have been worked out. And it is something to appreciate that the NBA truly is a global league now. Mm. And the best players in the world find their way to the NBA. And we get to see them while they're young and don't have to wait for, you know, like Sabonis to to get permission or defect, True. you know, and all that. For correction, uh, Magic and Bird didn't play with the three before the NBA, but Jordan did. Just want to correct myself on that. Jordan came after those guys. All right. Anything else? No. We need to Happy holidays. Happy holidays. You too, man. You too. Thanks. Uh, we've, made it, we've made it to uh, – the holiday season, we're a third of the way through the season. Still another 50-something games to go. I'm searching for motivation each night. Uh, 
I'm not gonna lie. Not having a standings component to everything really is hard for me because I enjoy the race. Of course, right? And, and there's just no race, so that's difficult <clears throat> on my right. Side. And when you're writing game stories, some and the, the wins and the losses matter. <laughs> right, are buried even in the right. win. Right, you know, you're still right. looking at. Eight and you know, sharp what, and right. And what 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 is the storyline of the game? And yeah, right. you can only and there's eighty, there's eighty of these. <laughs> you know, like there's, it's not there's like ten, there's ten players in the rotation in eighty two games. So you you run out of angles. You get it gets repetitive really quickly. Let's put that yeah. that way. You know, I, and uh, it's just par for the course for a beat like this. You know, football. But at I'm least you have a coach. Two seasons in. At least you have a coach that's willing to talk, and you can have conversations with him. Yeah, he, he does a good job of trying to, you know, offer some good insight. But even, you know, but even then sometimes I'll sit there and I'm like, yeah, he said this eight times. <laughs> you know, but it's like right, what else is he's been to asked ask? to do. Yeah, what else is this what else is there to ask? You know, I, you know. Um but that's just that's just how it is. And uh, you know, at least at least we do have some young talent to watch and uh try to dissect as much as we can their development like Tamani and Sharp and, and Scoot and Jabari. So at least there's that to cling to. But we'll have a trade deadline. I think they'll make some moves. Yep. And then, yep. Um, you know. And rooting against Golden just, State to make the playoffs, right? That'll be something. Yeah, you'll there's have a double, that. You'll have a double know, beat. There's that. You'll have a double there's beat. There's that. <laughs> I should start doing posts on Golden State. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. Ask. So. Uh, All right. Ask. I will say this. At least it's, uh, you're not covering – 2010 Portland Trailblazers Caleb Canales is the interim head coach. Oh, I love Caleb, nicest guy in the world, but they were like he didn't have any he didn't want to talk, any answers. That team wasn't making the playoffs. They had let Nate go. Yeah. And every day you go to practice and you're like, "So Caleb, what question do you not want to answer today?" <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, he was just like, worse. "We're just going to put the best team out there." Uh so at least you have uh that and um, there are storylines even still for Chauncey as he as because his coaching career. We are in year three, but he's still we haven't had a lot of um, ability to evaluate him. So I think you'll have some of I that. I think he's done a good job, man. I think he's done a good job. I do job. too. Right this like, year, this I do. This team plays hard. Yeah, this team yep. plays hard. They they play solid defense. Even when they were injured and under man, like the other guys step up and play, you know, solid NBA basketball. I, I can't see how anyone can fault him for anything this year. And it cracks me up when I see people on Twitter, you know, we got to get a new coach. For what? What's the new coach going to do? How, why, why is Chauncey a bad coach? Because he's not winning with this team, but Popovich is four and 20, whatever. And with Wimby and Keldon Johnson and Soshan, and he hasn't had a winning season in four years. But he's one of the greatest coaches ever. What, what's the problem? Oh, he doesn't have talent. Oh, but Chauncey has talent? Chauncey's had healthy talent the last three years? No. So how can you say it's all Chauncey's fault when you're watching Popovich, who's considered one of the greatest ever, struggle for a four-year straight? How does that work? Well, you said what's the difference, and it's five rings, but that's the difference. <laughs> right, okay, right. So, so okay, but the guy with five six rings, rings, I lost count. But, okay, but the guy with five rings, like I said, hasn't been made the playoffs since nineteen. 
Oh, so was look, it him team. or was it Duncan Robinson? Okay, so um, if Chauncey Billups had oh. Tim Duncan, David Robinson, would, would he win a title? I think he would. Who was Popovich as a coach before they got Duncan? And he, and he fired Harris, was it, to take over the team because now he had Duncan and Robinson. He was a GM, remember? They yeah, that was Duncan, a genius move. He fired the coach, took over as coach, and started winning championships with Duncan and Robinson and then got labeled a genius. So my point is, those guys aren't around. He can't win because it's about what? The talent. Has Billups had winning talent? No. Therefore, you can't really blame him for losing, I don't think. Yeah, both things you're saying are true. Obviously, the talent right now is he's and they're getting they're listening and doing that. I will say this about Popovich. He um and maybe it's maybe he's past his prime like Belichick, right? Like but both when I talk about Belichick, you know, I hate the Patriots, you know, ugh, um and I'm no Spurs fan. But they both had abilities to find players to to fit around those stars and they overperformed. So I'm not denying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. De- yeah, I'm not denying their greatness. I'm saying, yeah. oh, as yeah. great as Popovich is, he hasn't made the playoffs in four years because they haven't had enough talent. Billups hasn't had enough talent. So to criticize him for losing when either guys are injured or he hasn't had enough talent to me is just silly because you see what happens to even the greatest coaches ever when they don't have enough talent, they're not going to win. And they're not losing by thirty every night. They're playing, right, and they're playing hard. They're That's playing all. hard. That's they're playing defense, and they're Absolutely. undermanned. And, and the most talented guys they have that people are excited about, other than Ant and Grant, are either too young or have underachieved their entire career, like like uh, Aiden. Yep. So again, what you you have no evidence to point to to say these players should be winning. There's zero evidence that this group of players should be winning. Yeah, and can, none of them and, have ever won as the guy on their team in the NBA. Ever, yep. Sorry. And he found a second round draft pick, Kamara, and he's found and and he's playing great. And you can't, and it's oh, you know how it is. If a player <clears throat> plays great, it's the talent of the player. And if a player plays crappy, it's because the coach doesn't know how to use him. It's just right. the way. That's just how manage. It's just how it works. You know, like right. And if if a GM drafts a great guy, number one overall, that everyone would have drafted number one all, and he stinks. It's his fault. But if you draft right. Draymond Green in the second round, you got lucky. Right. So exactly. and we're all guilty of it, including me. You know? I'm not. Like, I'm not. I, can, <laughs> I, I, I look I know I look at those things. I try to be fair. That's no, one of my so things. Do I'm I, all about I, fairness. I agree. I'm just saying, like, right now, the credit to that Cronin and the Blazers said we we want Kamara and they held for it. Kudos. Because they got a player that that is contributing, and you could see having a role in the NBA for a long time, which most second rounders don't. So credit right. for that, but, and also but credit for they also passed on him and took Chris Murray and Rupert, who were in the G League. So it's you know it's a mixed bag, right? But it's not yet. It's not a mixed bag yet because. Um, you don't know what those two players will be because you, you can't have any expectation. It's, not, it's yeah. not a conclusion. There's no, conclu- no there's no final conclusion yet. But as of right now, they passed on this guy that they coveted later. So they missed twice. Or did <clears throat> and they told and they, and they told us they told us they got three lottery talents. Remember that? Yep. They had Murray rated in the lottery. They even had Rupert allegedly rated in the lottery. So I'm just saying, mixed bag. I'm just keeping it real. I'm being fair. I'm being fair. Is is it wrong that when Keegan Murray does what he does, I'm like, 
Well, I think Chris has got that's good for the Blazers. Yeah, they got the same genes, <laughs> same DNA. Like how can same, it not DNA. <laughs> same DNA, born the same day. They look exactly alike. Chris Murray has talent, man. He's going to develop. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah, but Kamara. Really the only difference. Remember, the only difference between them really is that Kamara is a little bit more athletic and has a lot more defensive tenacity. Offensively, Murray's ahead, but def- yeah. what he what Kamara brings defensively. No one. The Blazers haven't had a guy like him since Batum, right? Yeah, and his body—that's a big difference. Like you just look at the two of them together, and you're like, "Oh, Kamara! Like his body's in a different place than Murray's." Oh, but then yeah, and Batum, right? But Batum's well, totally Batum later. Batum, yeah, but yeah. So no, Batum and, and so this, and that's why and that's why he started because he. Get, we, I, I've been complaining about forever. They they need a legit size small forward. Yep, and they got one. And if he develops offensively, it's going to be a huge hit. But re- regardless, it was it was a good pickup that that they demanded to have him in there. So anyway, Absolutely. all right, we just got another five minutes, more minutes. There you go. Happy that. holidays, everybody. Have a great one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back after the holidays. Uh, well, after the Christmas break, at least. Well, not no, not the entire break. We'll be back next week. You'll be around next week, right? I'll be around. You'll be around. All right, we'll be around next week to talk more Blazer development on the Blazer Focus podcast.